When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Peter, it's match day. But we're not at Manchester City. Oh, no, no. We, we like to do things eclectically, don't we? So we've decided to come to Wales and tick off another ground. Both of our 85th grounds out of 92. My 149th overall, but your... 155th. Impressive. <laughs> and here, here we are. It's Rodney Parade, Newport. Newport are playing Colchester, uh, League 2 match. Uh, never been to this ground before, obviously, as, as you know. Just been to the Dimium, uh, which is the, the gents, apparently. Just reading the, the, the uh, dual signage. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a very cool thing. avoiding the Merchets. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yes, we don't want to go to the Merchets. The, the, the Merch women, according to the sign, whatever that means. Anyway, the game's going to kick off shortly. We're going to be keeping an eagle eye out on uh, the other matches taking place, which unbelievably is a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. And we've just seen all the sky stuff around it in the pub here, in the outdoor bit here as well. And yeah, kind of, marquees and the outdoor yeah. screens. Big, all big, about Brighton, big screen of Brighton, Brighton, Brighton team and, yeah. and all that, yeah. Yeah. Well, we have our, uh, our foreign correspondents, that is our northern correspondents, Alistair well, and Nick. surely our foreign correspondents are in Wales. <laughs> well, we are now, yeah. But well, we've got Nick and Alistair doing a, uh, doing a match day special, hopefully, from Manchester. They're at the game with David, friend of the show. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing how that game pans out, although we're not very hopeful, are we? I'm going a 3-1 defeat for the City game. What do you think? 3-0 or 4-0, probably more likely. <laughs> we haven't scored in the last three games. Why would we suddenly start against City? I'm well, not... listen, anything's possible. Forest has just been Liverpool. Yeah. But then you're not going to get two massive surprises on one day, are yeah, you? Yeah, probably not. Even though that is a bigger surprise than any other surprise ever could be. However, there we go. So, Newport County. And it's Newport County still, isn't yeah. it? Um, against Colchester mid-table, I think, new manager. Graham Coughlin. Yeah, there's been a lot of managerial changes. Newport, Crawley, Doncaster, Villa. West Brom, Villa. CVG's gone. Uh, and I think there's probably one or two others as well. I think Deserby must be in the top 70 to 75 already, which is ridiculous in just a matter of weeks. Um, lots of crazy shit going on this week. Not least Dick Knight. Uh, not being able to get in at Brentford. We understand that might just be a barcode issue, but there are suspicions it might not be. You know, certain people have suggested that. We're not going to comment no. on that. However, an unsavoury situation... The 10-game thing is ridiculous, though. It's like, well, he self-imposed a 10-game ban on himself, wasn't he? Because he, well, got, he got angsty and swore I, I question whether that was self-imposed or whether the club was... So do I, yeah. It was announced on the official website, but then that doesn't necessarily mean yeah. anything. That could exactly. be... Exactly. It's like, it's, yeah. like, you do wonder whether it's like very much like the kind of, like, you know, some countries that are officially their news agencies all say exactly the same thing, but... Exactly. But, yeah, I, I would question I was not impressed by that I thought that was a really shit thing for the club to do and yeah, yeah. I, I have although he might, he might end up being lucky missing today I have growing irritations yeah. with the club today people have been uh, at City and they've had emails yesterday even <coughs> even late last night saying they'll need photo ID 
when they've probably already travelled to Manchester. Yeah. Some people may not have been able to prepare a photo ID they might need and yeah. don't have. Because they're fake, you know, kind of like dealer or whatever. Yeah. And it's not even sold out, so why the yeah. fuck are they checking it? This isn't going to be the game yeah. where that gets done, is it? The only people they'll catch out are people passing on tickets they can no longer use, which yeah. is precisely the sort of people they shouldn't be yeah. catching, to be honest, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I'm getting growing disdain for the club at the moment. It's irritating. It, it makes me want like like games like this today more because it's like kind of just going to a random place in, yeah. having a few beers. We already had a couple of beers at the Tiny Red Bull. We're going to have some more afterwards. Oh really? Are we so, are we're having more? At a Weird Dad Brewery. Who knew we were going to have more? The Weird Dad Brewery, yeah, yeah. Uh, as well as Tiny Rebel, and it's great. Some different colours. You've got amber and black. I don't know if they call the Amber and Blacks, but I'm calling them that now. Uh, they're also called the Exiles. I don't know, well, maybe the county. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Exiles, uh, Rodney Parade. We're looking forward to the game. Let's see how it goes. Uh, meantime, Alistair, Nick, and others might be doing a match day special for us. Hopefully, they will. We'll, we'll intersperse some our own feedback on how things are going both here and there during the day, I'm sure, and uh, we'll reconvene afterwards. Peter, let's enjoy this uh, this League Two encounter. Cheers. Cheers. Right, so um, welcome to the Brian Rock Podcast. Uh, this is Alistair speaking from the Marble Arch Bar, which is possibly one of the best bars in Manchester. Featured recently, of course, on Channel 4's It's a Sin, uh, where it uh, took the place of one of the bars in London. But uh, as you can see, it's a busy lunchtime, uh, and here I am. I'm, I'm just uh, going to be chatting to some of our, our familiar friends on the podcast in a moment. But before I do, I've just been chatting to Rick who is uh, a Man City fan, who did used to live in Brighton, who went to uni down there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Rick, just, um, just sort of quickly introduce yourself, uh, and then we'll, we'll chat about the game. Hi, I'm Rick. I've been a City fan all my life. I grew up in the east side of Denton, Manchester in Denton, which is real hardcore blue. I did spend three years in Brighton, so I've got like a second team that I follow. So today's, I want City to win, but I want it to be a good match. And I'd like Brighton to enjoy the experience. And, and obviously, my name's Alistair. I live in Stratford, as, as uh, those of you who listen to the podcast regularly know. Yeah, but, uh, but, I, but I've never supported United. Uh, and um, we were very, very pleased with our result at the beginning of the season. What a great way to start the season. Uh, but first time I've been on the podcast this year, so uh, and I'm hosting him as, as Russ really can't be bothered to make the journey up to Manchester today but but anyway uh, Rick so what what are you thinking about today uh, obviously we both want a good game and I'm, I'm the same as you obviously living in Manchester I'd like to see a good game uh, but uh, do you reckon Haaland's do another three hat-tricks today no I think Haaland's do a goal or two uh, I think Grealish is, if he plays could well be good but the truth of the matter is Brighton play a great game of football so it should be open it should be flowing I'm not sure whether that's necessarily good for the score from Brighton's point of view, but it should make for a really good game. And that's, I think that's one of our problems. We, in the last match, we created 19 chances, had seven on target, but the only stat that matters at the end of that game against Forest, which I was at on Tuesday, uh, was nil-nil uh, and, and just one point. So we've yet to get a win under new manager Rob Zervi, who is good friends with Pep as well. So, so that's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic as well. Yeah, I think uh, he checked out whether it was a good move to come to Brighton with Pep. And Pep said, it's a great club. It's been well managed. It's got a great structure. And frankly, they deserve to be in the Premiership for the next God knows how many years. So, um, so what do you reckon? Uh, obviously, making a prediction is always tricky, and football's football. But what what do you think the, the score might be today, or, or or if not the score, what do you reckon? What way do you reckon it's going to go? I think City should shade it. 
it depends whether Cancelo is going to be the last man again. If he is, it could be three-one, you know, or maybe even closer. It really interesting. I, I, I was here um, for our game when we played away last season, and we managed to hold out for the first half. And almost that felt like a win to us. But then you you just blitzed and scored three goals in that second half. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's what the problem was for us. We didn't convert the chances because we didn't have a number nine. You know, Jesus didn't fulfil the role that Aguero did. Um, we've been looking. We've got Harlan now, who's a little bit special. And uh, so I think it could, we could start with an early goal. Yeah, absolutely. And Haaland, he's just looked remarkable. I mean, that, that goal, the kind of acrobatics of that goal where he got the winner in the Champions League, where his, his foot seemed to be somewhere near his ear, and he kind of pushed the ball in the direction that no one would have even had the vision for. He, had, he, he can do something special on his day, can't he? Yeah, he can do something special on his day, but he also has seemed to have kind of bought the whole idea of being very active as well. He, the way he kind of moves around covers the defence presses he never did that before and the speed of him off the mark it's like watching I don't know Francis Lee maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. I must admit it's quite a privilege I th- in some ways not oh, I sound a little bit fanboy to get to watch him to play today because that's one of the things about being in the Premier League we get to watch some amazing players play and, and to watch Haaland that is best even though I really hope he, he kind of really struggles today and his goal drought continues and persists but we'll see well, he's up against one of the better defenders in the Premiership anyway, isn't he? So, you know, uh, that's always been part of the cornerstone in which Brighton's defence has been built. Yeah. You need to keep that quiet quick because we, um, because we don't want Dunk or, um, or Webster to go uh, to Qatar. You know, we want, we want to protect them from injuries. They need a bit of a rest in November, uh, which we, see, we seem to be doing quite well because England don't seem at all interested in Brighton defenders. But, but it's nice to hear you say that anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's a quality player, Dunk, and uh, we'll see. Great. Well, thanks ever so much, Rick. Really good to, to meet you and, and all the best. Hope you have a, a, a good afternoon, but I hope it's a little bit frustrating at points. And that, well, certainly we hope we don't get too embarrassed anyway. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, so we're still in the Marble Arch and uh, you'll be pleased to know right next to me I've got David. Uh, David's just going to say hello. He's very tired. He got about 5am this morning to leave Bex Hills. Just say hello, David. Hello. <laughs> there we are. And, um, and, and we might get a little bit more out of it in a minute. We've got Dominic here as well and Lisa and Ben uh, and, and uh, Rochdale or Nick, as you might know, uh, who him, he and I, uh, we're the kind of northern-based seagulls, but so is Dominic now, actually. Now he lives up in Salford. So um, uh, I, I suppose the question for you, Nick, is how are you feeling about today? Let's, let's put, there's been a lot of turmoil in the world. There's been a lot of um, change. There's been a lot of, of churn, yeah. it's fair to say, in the political world. But one thing that we can rely on, and that is the fact that we know that Brighton are going to lose at Man City. Would you say that's true? We've not seen them win at City ever. But we hadn't ever seen them win at United this, till this no, season. No. So, what, we've lost 4-0, 3-0, 2-0, I think 1-0 we've seen. So I'm going to say we're not going to embarrass them too much. 0-0 today. It's got to be on that trend. That, that sounds a bit optimistic for you, Nick, to predict a nil-nil draw, particularly when Haaland's due another three hat-tricks today. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know why you're laughing. I, I, I always predict a loss, I know I do, but I predicted a loss in my prediction league, 2-1 I actually predicted, but um, no, I'm, I think nil-nil, because I think it's, we, what we lost last week, didn't we? Lots of shots, 
You mean last season? Last, last, last week and last season. <laughs> well, well, we, we, I was on a Tuesday night. I was at, uh, at the Forest game. We drew nil nil, oh, and obviously we had the nineteen shots on target, and then the seven shots on target. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sorry, nineteen off target, seven on. But the only the only stat that matters is the nil nil, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, so, I mean, so was it sixty five shots in three games, no goals. Uh, it's slightly gone back two years back to the beginning of Potter rain isn't it so if we could sort out something around scoring a goal we might get one today but the problem is we might concede four so uh, but I, I, you know if we can keep it tight at the back and we've been pretty good defensively this season if we can keep it tight you know I think we can hopefully keep them down and we get away with a nil-nil I'd really pray we get away with a nil-nil but like I say that's really my optimistic head on not my realistic head yeah, and and certainly when I was uh, when I was at this the, this game last season, we got to nil nil at half time, and, and it felt like a win to be nil nil at half time. Although the, the the signs were there, we we'd been playing really really well. Um, what do you reckon about? Uh, I mean, Harland is a bit of a magician. He's he's on a dry spell at the minute. Uh, in the same way that we're on a dry spell, for him a dry spell lasts a game, maybe two games. Uh, yeah, but I, I just can't see him not scoring today. Yeah, but we're Brighton, aren't we? The kings of people on bad runs, they break them against us. So if they haven't won for ages, they lose against us. If they haven't, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. And we're peak Brighton, and we'll let him score a hat trick again or something. So. Um, no, actually, someone said to me he had four touches and scored three goals in one game or something ridiculous like that. So, God, yeah, we've got Dunkey, we've got Webster, you know, big lads, they could maybe shackle him. But then you've got De Bruyne, haven't you? So you shackle one of them down, you've got another one to worry about. I don't know if, if anyone saw the, uh, the Roberto Sanchez uh, uh, interview where he said the hardest shot he's ever had to sail was from Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> He just said it almost broke his arm. Like I, I, I might be slightly exaggerating there, yeah. but yeah, Kevin De Bruyne he knows how to hit a shot, how to hit a ball as well. So, so yeah, I, th- I think if we were just against Haaland, then maybe. But we've got an entire team and this squad. The, I suppose the one thing that's kind of an interesting dynamic is Roberto De Zerbi and Pep are good friends. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. I, I don't know if they'll be sharing bottles of wine before the for the match, and you know, don't know who'll be helping out if any deals will be struck or any smoke filled rooms. There might be a deal that's been done. Yeah, but he's good mates with Conti as well, wasn't he? And Conti sussed him out straight away. So, um, who knows? It's. I, I think the problem with Deserby is he's just. I don't know about you watched him live probably I've not watched it live you know but not at the ground but it's all so slow at the back and really ponderous and lets their, all the defences seem to get him back into shape whereas at least Potter stopped doing that and he started getting it forward quicker and we started to look zip it around he seemed to have gone backwards in our approach but you know fingers crossed he can speed it up a bit today and get those passes out if March can actually score he has enough shots he's does never scores, does he? So um, that was one of my biggest frustrations on Tuesday night, and that was just watching March and just thinking whenever he had the ball, it yeah. was never going in the net, uh, uh, which is which is a frustration. But at the same time, yeah, you you, you can live in hope, and and actually, he's really close. It, but so's you know, so's Danny Welbeck. He's so close yet so far, so many times. What, so what can I just say about Welbeck? As you know, Welbeck's my favourite player at the Albion, and. There's suddenly been this sort of they've turned against him some fans. And I think that's really unfair because I think yeah. he's been one of our players of the season. Yeah. And I'd love it. I'd really love it if he scored today against City. Being an ex United fella, he would absolutely love that. And, and actually, he does deserve a goal. Uh, he has set up. He's got a lot of assists this season. Uh, or alternatively, the pressure that he's put on in the box.
box has made a big difference for us. But again, that end result and that that header that always seems to be aimed at the keeper, that's what people remember, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's frustrating he's not putting one away, but maybe today he'll break that run, you know, he'll do a peak right and score against City, who knows? Brilliant. Thanks ever so much, Nick. No doubt we'll be chatting to Nick as we go through the match today, uh, but I'm just going to quickly go and chat to Dominic. So I've just been um, discussing where we're going to be going after the match with Dominic and we've decided it's Northern Monk after the Marble Arch. It's very hard to go downwards, so we're well, going to go yeah. We're going all, to go upwards. Street, uh, Brew House, that's always a good one too. And then uh, is it Bundabus as well? That's always a good one. I've never been there, but yeah. Bundabus, really good yeah. street Indian food and they have loads of guest sales on and everything. So. There we go, sounds yeah. amazing. So uh, I think you've been listening to me uh, as, as we've been chatting to Nick uh, yeah. and um, just a little about... Think, well, so how do you... How do you feel? <laughs> Expose your inner feelings about this coming game. Right, okay. So um, I'd love to be more optimistic. I really, really would. And don't get me wrong, I do have faith in Deserby. But this game, honestly, is just a free hit. And I, I've got this nightmare in my head that we're going to be knocking it around at the back. We're going to make a mistake and we're going to concede within five minutes. And it's going to be a 4-0 loss with a Foden brace I don't see Harlan Harlan's only going to score one so that's a positive wow. that's my prediction yeah. oh, that, that's, optimism. that's my prediction that's I think we're going to lose 4-0 it'll be 3-0 at half time then we we'll are tighten up a bit but we're still conceding it'll be 4-0 half time loss but you know it's a free hit and I'm not being negative I'm just being realistic so yeah, yeah. and being really honest uh, I've seen City play I've not seen them play with Harlan before no. I was at the game last season uh, and yeah it was uh, the first half we, we, we managed to keep them at a nil-nil but then the second half the kind of floodgates opened a little yeah, bit yeah. Uh, and I suppose that could be what happens this this season as well yeah. but at the same time we're due a goal we really are due a goal and we've not. it's not that we've been not creating those chances either no that's true I just don't see us getting that goal against City because I mean we are knocking on the door so much against Forest but Again, it's like we've progressed. It's like we're three years ago under Potter, when Potter first started. We can have 35 shots, but actually only three of those are on target. But then we're, you know, we're just... It's like we could play we could play three games lengths and never score. The other team could leave the pitch and we still wouldn't score. And that's no that's no criticism to any player or anything. It just seems to be the uh, you know not luck. It just seems to be the way we're we're going. So I don't see City being the game which we score. I'd love to be proved wrong, and I hope I am proved wrong. And I hope if we get a result here, someone listens to this and tells me I'm completely wrong. I would love that. But unfortunately, I just don't see it. Uh, and and to be really fair to Zerbi, it took Potter three seasons to get us to the point where we were, where we started winning games back in March, April last. Uh, it was only this year. It wasn't yeah. last year. It was this year, and that's when we actually suddenly redeemed that that kind of ninth position. So it it, it, it it took a while, and so there's a lot of expectation on Deserby for us to be playing the same way against. And you've got to remember, we've got a fairly mediocre Liverpool team here, and and if that mediocre Liverpool team can beat uh, Man City, that could only draw against us, then maybe we just do have a chance. So so well, it's only eleven men versus eleven men, isn't it? He says, being the optimist. Not, yeah, I've got I, my fingers crossed while yeah, I'm speaking. Yeah, yeah. By the I, way. Like, I, I like that optimism. I do. Uh, also, one of my friends also said that was it that. Harlan blanked against the southern teams or south coast teams that he's played against oh, right, since, okay. I believe. 
Don't quote me on that, so but he's what about got I, a mental block when it comes against to the South seaside. Coast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe Harland. I, I don't know. Maybe Harland has got some trauma from sandcastles and seagulls. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Let's hope so. But you know, maybe, maybe a seagull once stole his chip. Well, exactly. And, and as a kid, and that's it. And so yeah, sort of yeah. Defecated yeah. On his pasty or something in Cornwall. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see Harland eating a Cornish pasty. Actually, yeah. No, um, he's got the figure for it. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He loves his pasties. Yeah. Um, no, I think. I agree. I mean, uh, if, but but that, that's just the shame, and I think I'm. I understand why Potter left, but that doesn't mean personally I'm not bitter. And I know a lot of people will be like, "Oh, get over it. It's only football. It's business." Yeah, fair enough. I see your point, but get over the fact that I'm also still bitter about it because you know I'm, I'm just bitter about the fact that that he went for the first lot. You know, a big team coming along. You know, with. Uh, you know, Bohe, CEO of professional soccer, you know, he thinks he doesn't even know football formations, but let alone, you know, but, but, you know, Potter went there, fair enough. The thing that really stings though is Bruno leaving. Um, yeah. yeah. And, but, but anyway, uh, aside from that, yes, it took a while for, um, Potter to, uh, you know, stamp his, his style of play on it and us yeah. to get yeah. to that position. And it just feels like we've regressed. And I think that's a real shame because we started off yeah. this season very well. I know it was only five, six games, but it was just a real shame. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's going to be really interesting when, when Chelsea come to the, to the, back to the Amex. Uh, yeah. Potter's obviously had a bit of a made in Chelsea sort of revamp and well, a little yeah. bit of a makeover. So he, yeah. no, he no longer looks like a briefcase. He's looking a little bit suave and sophisticated. And I think from what he said, he spent an awful lot of money on that haircut, more than he was expecting as well. Well, maybe that's because he's got all those millions more, you know, maybe can he, he can afford he can it probably, now. Yeah, he can yeah. afford it. So well, yeah. He's doing his bit for the economy. Well, yeah. Someone um, has to. <laughs> yeah, uh, I certainly, I, I will go on record saying now that I fully appreciate what Potter has done for the club, for Brighton that is, but I won't be applauding him uh, because I just I, I'm still bitter about him leaving and you know people may say oh you're an immature childish about it but at the end of the day football is about your colours it's about that passion and Brighton is and always will be my team and he left us in the lurch I understand why but he still left us in the lurch yeah. so I'm never going to apologise for not applauding him and to be honest I may even turn my back on him so you oh, know well there we go yeah. and that's really interesting we're, we're here we are in Manchester in one of the best bars in Manchester yeah. and we're talking about the manager of Chelsea I know isn't really? that a bizarre thing well yeah and, uh, and that's the thing I think um, I, I don't wish him well at Chelsea um, I hope that Bohe sacks him soon and, I think he's um, probably got about 12 months left on the on the averages of a normal Chelsea manager. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, let's get back to Brighton. I'm excited to see what De Zerbi can do. This month, the world's always going to be hard. Yeah. I think it's pathetic that there are some people on social media um, who are saying, oh, you know, oh, De Zerbi. I have honestly seen some people saying De Zerbi out, and it's been That's like three absolutely games. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Because he's one of, he's, I, I personally felt he was an upgrade on Potter. Yeah. You know, someone who's managing the Champions League. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've been seeing some people saying De Zerbi out in a non-ironic way. Uh, and so, I don't know. It, it, this month was always going to be difficult. Always, yeah. always. And the fact we've already got two points out of it. We've hoped, I would have hoped that we would have got a win against Forest, but they yeah. were always going to part the bus. Yeah, yeah, they were always yeah. going to part the bus. Yeah. And, you know, I, to be honest though, I don't think we would have actually beaten them even with Potter. Because I think it would have been the same, the same thing. Uh, you know, Cooper and Forrest were always going to part the bus, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. So maybe under Potter we would have had, I don't know, 
50 shots instead of what was it 35 or whatever uh, but you know 19 I think. Yeah, yeah yeah 19 yeah, yeah, yeah you know I'm just pulling numbers out of yeah, there yeah, but 7 you know. on target though so not, not well, a bad not ok bad. yeah so yeah yeah. Well, well maybe with Potter we might have had 8 on target so you know but um, yeah yeah so anyway I, I once we get this month out of the way and then we've got the uh, the event that's happening in Qatar which I won't be watching which I I personally refuse to acknowledge and then once that gap is done then we can get on with the rest of the season. It's a bit of a mid-season break, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and a bit of yeah. a holiday in Dubai, which I think quite a few players will be having. Yeah. And interestingly, I think... So, so, so a very interesting thing is when at the um, fans' forum at the start of the season, I asked whether there could be any chance of a friendly during the event that's happening in Qatar, which I won't acknowledge as happening. Yeah. And Barber turned around and said, you're not allowed to have any game, which any commercial game, so no friendlies can be played during that period because FIFA said no. However, on social media, yesterday it turns out that Newcastle have said that they will be in a training camp, fair enough, but they will also be playing a friendly, which will be televised in Saudi Arabia. How interesting. So... How does that? How does that work? Well, I think it basically money talks. So it's probably how that works. Well, indeed, that's what I'm saying. And I'm not criticising Newcastle here or anything like that. I'm just, I'm simply stating calling, the facts. Stating the facts that fair enough, Newcastle are going to have a friendly, and they say it's going to be televised or webcast, whatever. Fair enough, they can do what they want. Great. But I'm just saying that they seem. If Barber is saying that you couldn't. What suddenly changed? I'm not moaning at Barber either. I'm just saying what's going on. That's okay, it. that's yeah. really interesting. Really yeah. interesting. Well, we better get going because I understand you've got to get to the ground really quickly. Yes. Because you need to pick up your ticket because you've yes. been selected as one of the very special few. The lucky few. So, because unfortunately I'm not a member of 1901. I am one of the the great unwashed, I'm afraid. And I noticed your t-shirt says, I'm the effing president of the no it doesn't say that no, no, no it, says, it says I'm a fan not a customer that's what it says yeah 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 <laughs> uh, yeah no I wish I had that t-shirt on but no no so I will be going to collect my ticket from uh, Checkpoint Charlie Oakway and yeah. then I will see everyone in the ground and I've got some very expensive do- I- photo ID documents on me my passport my yes. my driving license yeah my latest um, blood test and a birth yeah, certificate as well breath, in order to dress, prove yeah. that I am the person that s- says on my ticket indeed so yeah. so here we go uh, just one thing I just need to know there's a few Man City fans now in the bar who uh, yeah. we've been chatting to they're great guys um, one of them has got the sponsor from, from Manchester City one of the sponsors on his shirt and they seem to have an inability to spell the word tire, yeah. which is really troubling me. Yes. It, it, so, um, so when I put when I put tires on my car, I put a T Y R E tire on my car, yeah. and 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 they seem to be very very weary. They're tired. They are. Nexon, yeah, they're T I R. Nexon does tire very. Easy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I just had to figure that out because that's really annoying me. American spelling. Tires. Just talking about tires. This yeah. is a very niche joke that perhaps only a few people around me in the North Stand will know. But all I know is I miss Tomcat tires. I want Tomcat tires back, and we lost that that advert. That's you know the advertising sponsorship deal, and I miss Tomcat. You know, I just want. Well, to, I just want Tomcat tires back. Probably a so. better sponsor in the Goldstone. Yeah. Than, than this corporate American nonsense that exactly. is try, that's actually miseducating our children yes. around the country. When they watch Match of the Day, they'll think, 
Mummy, I thought Ty was spelt T-Y-R-E. Exactly. And actually, I'm being told it's something different by these football people. Yeah, exactly. What what chance do we have, you know? Game's gone, mate. Game's <laughs> gone. <laughs> right. Well, let's catch up at halftime, yes. and, uh, or, or maybe at the end of the game, uh, and um, see you later. But thanks very much for your thoughts. You're very welcome. And uh, thank you for talking to the Brighton Rock podcast. Thank you. Okay, so it's halftime. It's 2-0 up to Man City. And I think the big talking point of that first half is, first of all, the fact that it took 10 minutes to go to VAR, and then a penalty was given for... They actually showed the replay in the stadium so we could see it. I I can't actually see what that was for, but someone on the WhatsApp group has just said that it looks like he kicked Dunk and then fell over, uh, and and that's what they've given the penalty for. Uh, Yeah, I mean, what's your feeling on that first half, Nick? Well, like I said, that penalty came at the worst time for us, because we were getting back into the game, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. And we started to get those passes together, uh, finally, and then ten minutes after the thing happened, they gives a penalty. No one knew. I thought he was going over to um, have a word with our, our... our bench because I thought our bench had said something didn't you I I really hadn't got a clue what was going on and then I saw the VAR sign come up and then you have that sinking feeling in your stomach and then as soon as they say he's going over to uh, the ref did did the the screen thing you know that he's going to give something and then I've not yet seen Sanchez save a penalty so I just knew that wasn't going to get saved unfortunately that's not that's not something that he seems to do so yeah uh, and actually at 1-0 going in at half time you would have thought we had a chance really yeah and if you think about it when that penalty happened we went back the other end and had a shot at goal didn't we yeah yeah, yeah. and what if that had gone in yeah. well what would have been the situation then I don't know so yeah I don't know um, but you know we actually for like the last 15 minutes of that half I thought we were playing alright so yeah. you know yeah. it gives hope for this second half maybe we could do a Liverpool at the length of time for that VAR callback oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just chatting to some people on the concourse just at half time just on my way to yeah taking a comfort break let's call it that and um, and someone said imagine if we'd scored in between they would have had to first of all rule that goal out and then next obviously then award the penalty going the opposite direction there would have been absolutely carnage in this end I know and if you well sort of moving on from that I mean Haaland's goal as well looked a bit ropey to me what on earth was Sanchez doing and then what happened with Webster yeah I suppose that okay yeah so coming back to that first goal yeah Sanchez was a long way out of his area it didn't look like we were anywhere near covering that goal so yeah what was Sanchez doing he was really he was a long way up the pitch, wasn't he, at that point? But we were inviting that goal on, weren't we? Actually, it was a lot. It was a. Um, we've been trying to play out at the back, haven't we? And we've yeah. been doing all this arsing about in our own area and inviting pressure on. We have looked quite vulnerable at the back, just sort of knocking it around at the back. Yeah, yeah. There's a few times there you've just thought, oh, we are playing with fire, fire at the moment. Yeah. And then they go and score a bloody long ball over the top, don't they, after all of that? I mean, it's yeah. ironic, really. But and, our, and our highlight of the, of the half, really was um, Danny Welbeck's lob of the keeper yeah, yeah. Uh, that looked like it could have gone in but actually was nowhere near the target but could have been a, a, we would have gone 1-0 up at that point as well but it, also our lack of pace up front is, is frightening you've got well, you've got Welbeck who really isn't fast enough and you've got um, what's his face number 14 Lalana, who also is not exactly a pasty forward is he so but at the same time Lalana's been back here defending every single move that they've had he's worked really hard Uh, I I suppose the most frustrating thing for us is just before when we were in the Marble Arch we were talking about the fact that Haaland has had a bit of a goal drought and um, 
uh, and you said, being ever the optimist, Nick, you said, oh, you wait, we're going to actually break that drake for them, aren't we? Yeah, and he has done, and to be yeah, fair, he's, he's a got a lovely brace, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's a monster. Uh, hopefully we can stop him getting the hat-trick, but, you know, not if the bloody ref carries on this way. I would not put any money on him not getting a hat-trick now. I think this is going to be his fourth hat-trick at the Premier League, personally, but but you never know, we might we might do something about it. Yeah, yeah well, well, fingers crossed, um, fingers crossed we'll do it, like I said, we'll do a Liverpool and come back into this. Yeah, we, we've come back from 2-0 at Liverpool. Uh, at Liverpool came back from 2-0 against us, so we'll wait and see. So we'll talk to you at the end of the match. So we're walking back along the canal path. It, is, it was 3-1, uh, and it's fair to say I think we possibly won the second half, even though it was a draw, with 53% possession. And, um, yeah, we, we looked like a different team when it came to having Lamperty on the pitch and, uh, and everything beyond that. But, uh, but yeah, fair to say though, that first half was, was the, was our undoing. Uh, but anyway, um, let's have a quick chat to some of the people around us. At the minute, we've got some Brighton fans with us. We've got Dominic and Lisa and, um, Tony. And Tony. So Tony, um, welcome to the Broken Rock podcast. Just, uh, your quick, your, your thoughts about, uh, today's match. Uh, we've been chatting before the match and, chatting afterwards and sort of in the middle but yeah just your opinion from this Tony so I think well I didn't go to Liverpool but I think it's the best we've played under the Zerbi but I think also that was down to the fact we weren't playing against the low block defence and um, that second half we were superb um, 50, 53% yeah, possession we, yeah, apparently in that second half yeah, so yeah that's not bad yeah, at all yeah absolutely superb it's just a shame that the individual errors in the first half let us down another soft penalty we've conceded so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, even though I'm, I'm still not sure why that was a penalty. Um, about well, it's the fact they took five minutes to decide the game was playing on and then pulled it back could have been horrendous if, if we'd actually scored in between as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. But um, it's the most satisfied I feel coming felt coming away from a game under the Zerbi so far. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, and and for me, one thing that re- I really sort of felt was. You don't give Kevin De Bruyne that much space oh, no with chance. the ball. He's going to score every yeah. single time, uh, and he deserved that one, to be honest. Yeah, he was class. Absolutely. Well, that was class. Um, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I suppose that's partly it, really. We're happy. It's a three-nil loss, a three-one loss, but it feels a little bit like a little bit like we kind of redeemed ourselves, and, and certainly there's, there's green shoots there and hope for the future. But, uh, yeah, there we go. I'll see if I can grab a couple more people. So, Dom, I know we're looking for the Northern Monk Tap House, which is very close to where we are now. Yeah. But, yeah, just your quick summary on uh, on today's match. Well, it was better than what I thought, to be honest. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I said it was going to be a 4-0 loss. Um, we managed to prevent Harlan from getting a hat-trick. I, I, I was right in saying that he wouldn't get a hat-trick, that's for sure. So yeah. I think if we turn... Admittedly, we were a little bit grateful to Pep for taking him off in order for that. Yes, exactly. So if we turn right here, then left, Okay. I believe. Yeah. Uh, yes. re- remember this, folks. You can record these and use them as part of your own sat-nav <laughs> yeah. in the future, if you like. The Dom's, Dom's voice. Yeah. yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so no, I, I thought, to be honest, we... Uh, we played quite well. I think uh, it was actually quite enjoyable to watch. The first goal was just it's just another sloppy thing, and it's yeah. the kind of thing you can't do against City because they will just pick up on those mistakes. Um, the the thing that annoys me about the penalty, I don't care about the penalty. I don't care about uh, Harlan scoring because I, honestly, I mean, you know, I thought we were going to lose today anyway, and I think we've given a good account of ourselves. Yeah. The thing that really annoys me. Is what was it? Three minutes? Yeah. Where we were playing on, and then the ref goes, "Oh, wait a minute." 
I've just been bring, told. By I've the just AR. been told. Yeah. yeah. What was Lee Mason doing? Was he in the loop? I don't um, know. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe he was playing a bit of um, bingo online. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or, yeah, or, funky, funky pigeon. No, yeah. no, no, that's the card thing. Or maybe Foxy making, bingo. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Or maybe making an espresso. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It was completely outrageous. That because that what would have happened if either team, if either team had scored in between, that would have been disallowed, surely. Yeah. Yeah. So we we potentially could have lost the goal there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We could have lost the goal, and but but no, it's and that's the thing. Not that, that we look like scoring that, no. in, in that half. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's the thing that annoys me. It's not the fact that uh, about the penalty. I don't give a shit about that. It's the three minutes of just what the fuck was that? Sorry and, for and, swearing. And, on and the generally, but honestly, what and, the heck was that? And generally, the standard of the refereeing was, it was again, awesome, it, it did seem. It, it very much did seem to be kind of geared towards the top six team, yeah. and we and we always end up as the underdogs in those sorts of situations. And it sounds like being sort of the classic bitter Albion fan moaning about that, but I think that that's generally the case. We never get the fifty fifties when it comes to refereeing decisions, and, no. and and it always seems to be us that gets called back three or four minutes late. At least it wasn't after the half-time whistle had been blown. Well, yeah. And that was a possibility, <laughs> given well, some yeah. of our track record at, uh, up in Manchester. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean. Oh yeah, that's the thing that stands out the most to me is is that stupid VAR. Uh, how long it took. But yep. coming back to Brighton, I think we played very well. That second yep. half we started very well. Great goal, yep. tremendous goal. Uh, Lamptey looked great. Yeah, uh, they couldn't yep. deal he with his pace. Yep. I just wish that on that corner when we were on the ascendancy, I just wish that we could beat the first man more often because it could have been very different. Yeah, yeah. And um, actually, we had a great sort of. Uh, Powerful shot from McAllister that was offside in the first half. Yes. And then uh, there was one bit where Trossard, um, well, it's fair to say that Welbeck thought that Trossard should have passed in the ball. Yes. He looked yeah, absolutely yeah. livid he was at livid. that point. He wasn't he? was livid. But Trossard had done all the work for that, hadn't he? Yeah, so, he really had. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, uh, Edison did come down for a good save, to be honest. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, Edison was poor. I yeah. mean, his his deli- uh, his. Um, his delivery of the ball was really poor as well. Yeah. I was really surprised. Well, by that. Uh, and Welbeck nearly chipped him in the first half, didn't he? Exactly. But he wasn't on yeah. target. No. Anyway, yeah. Well, let's let's wrap it up here. Yeah. Um, we're going to hand back to Russ and Peter uh, on their uh, review of today. And uh, thanks for listening to the Brighton Rock podcast from Manchester. We'll be back with you the next time we play. And uh, yeah, what do we say? Up the oven. Stand or fall. <laughs> So one too many drinks were had in Wales. We didn't get any more audio uh, usable anyway. Um, so we uh, it's just me ready for the post-match review of what's happened. Um, so thank you, first of all, to Alistair and to Nick and also to Dominic, who, uh, of course, was up there because he's moved up there uh, to Manchester. So thanks to them for their contributions and to uh, the other people that popped on the show. Um, <clears throat> Good to get some opinions there. I do think there's a couple of things which I would kind of redress the balance on, actually, um, which they wouldn't have been able to see live in the, at the game, but which, with hindsight, and sitting here on Sunday morning, having had a look back at the whole match, which was the game of the day on Sky, so I've seen the whole 90 minutes. They don't put a clock on the screen, which is a bit annoying, um, so it's a little bit hard to tell timings exactly, but um, I'll try my best on that front. But having looked back at the game, there's a few observations I'd like to make. First of all, I thought that the first half was very interesting. Um, 
a game of chess pretty much. The Albion set up pretty well. Um, we were trying to pack the midfield. We were pressing them high. We were pinning them back. We were frustrating them. Certainly for the first, what I think is dozen or so minutes, 12, 13 minutes, we were, um, I think, pretty comfortable. We were doing the job well. Um, we were sitting in and we were frustrating them and they weren't really creating anything of note. <clears throat> and yet, what then happened was, uh, once or twice they got in behind a little bit, a couple of threats, um, one brilliant move which led to a Kevin De Bruyne shot which was saved um, with power, uh, that was a, a shot, um, that was a decent start um, to the game in terms of chances, uh, not from an Albion point of view of course, but um, certainly from a, um, uh, from a quality of game point of view. It was a game that didn't have that many chances in it, and the chances that were created, um, I think, ripped off the Albion. Um, two things happened. First of all, in the, I think it was something like the 14th minute, um, there was a penalty claim. The first of two penalty claims that City made during the game. Um, th th first of all, it was a ball, I think, from De Bruyne, broke down the left, cut the ball inside, um, fairly short pass for Haaland. Now, Haaland is a clever player. He is a really clever player. Not only his movements and all the other stuff that comes with that, um, his knack of finding space, but when he got that particular scenario, he was running into the goal, uh, running in towards the goal, the six-yard box. Uh, Goldie's coming out, Sanchez. Um, he's going to have to try and nudge it past him and see if he can win a penalty. Essentially, he's not really going to have the room to go round and to then pop it in from that angle. Um, it would have to be another phase of phase, phase of the attack. So what he did, rather than going in with what would naturally, have, for the timing of it, have been his right foot to nudge it past Sanchez, he actually adjusted his body flow as he was um, moving in on goal and adjusted his footing so that he ended up touching the ball with his left foot rather than his right foot. What that did, it's hard to uh, picture if you haven't seen it, but essentially what that did, it attracted a greater contact chance from the goalkeeper and there is a distinct possibility that Sanchez with his foot out caught, San, uh, caught Haaland slightly just at the back of the foot that is a possibility it's not clear and obvious um, it, it was a clever move it may well have won a penalty but the referee waved play on um, it was then looked at briefly by VAR and it was decided that the decision was correct. There was nothing clear or obvious about it. Now, some Man City fans may disagree. Some Brighton fans may disagree. But I don't think there was a very conclusive angle or a conclusive view of that being a definite penalty. So, it, under the rules of the game, is a correct decision to not overrule the referee because there's nothing clear and obvious enough to be sure. So keep that in mind uh, for later on when we talk about penalty number two, penalty claim number two. Um, in the meantime, though, unfortunately what happened was um, a couple of times City got in, and then for all of the, uh, all of the good play from the Albion, a Route 1 ball, uh, similar to the one which did for City at Liverpool last week, or in the week, um, did, for, um, did for us. Edison, long-range driving kick, Haaland just inside his own half as the ball is, is played, um, with space around him either side, and a defender marking him, runs on. Uh, Sanchez has come out a long way. Now, maybe he got slightly in the way of, I think it was Dunk, um, not sure, but um, he seemed a bit in a bit of a weird position. So we left ourselves slightly vulnerable to an attack. So if you imagine the ball's gone in, 
there's a bit of confusion and the ball breaks free down on the right-hand side. Sanchez is now stranded. Haaland is beyond Sanchez. Dunk is tracking back, trying to close in, but he's not going to get there. So it's about whether Webster, who is in next to Haaland, can see him off. It looks like it's going to be a shoulder-to-shoulder situation. Then what happens is, in my opinion, Haaland uses his strength, that's, that's for sure, but also uses his strength illegally, in my opinion, and it's, a, it's actually a foul. He puts, you can see as he's running in, he's looking at the player, not the ball, and he uses quite a bit of forceful pressure with his upper body, more than I think you're allowed to do. I think that should have been a free kick to the Albion. Um, he effectively completely changes Webster's um, trajectory, knocks him off his feet, flatten his face and then he runs in with an open goal of course Haaland and there's no chance he's missing that. Um, from an attacking point of view, great pace, great movement, great predatory instincts and he uses his strength. From an attacking point of view you go fine but from a defensive point of view that's a foul. How Webster is supposed to uh, do anything with that, you know, if, you, if you've been knocked off your feet like that I don't see how that's not a foul, to be honest. So I don't think they should be 1-0 up. And now the game's changed. This cagey, chess-like match, with only a couple of chances to the contrary, suddenly is a different match. Now we're chasing the game. Um, we kept it tight. We carried on going along the same lines. But some minutes later, penalty claim number two comes in. Now, City have not broken through us there. Bernardo Silva, who's a wily player, is weaving between two or three defenders, trying to break into a space which really isn't there. Um, two defenders are closing in on him. Uh, the second of which I believe it is, is Dunk is closing in. He's got a foot placed uh, to block some of the space and also for just general placement for his foot. Um, and then Bernardo Silva nudges the ball with his left knee just behind where Dunk has, has gone into, which is fine, and uh, tries to run on. No, no, he doesn't try to run on. What he does, he sticks his left foot out at a weird angle, a very, very suspiciously weird angle to the left in order to initiate contact, as the expression goes, with Lewis Dunk's leg. Lewis Dunk isn't fouling him. His foot's already there. Bernardo Silva puts his leg into contact with Dunk at an odd angle, goes down, of course. Referee, quite rightly, uh, plays on. Now, the, the, the game carries on. Albion go on the attack, actually, and we're, on, we're putting them under pressure for a, a good couple of minutes. Um, City, I think, get possession back. We win it back from them. The ball's don't going nowhere. Two, I think, actually, nearly three minutes of play is going on before suddenly, with the VR screens having shown um, that there was a... Sorry, the, the screen showing there was a VR, VAR check... And now suddenly uh, the VAR is calling Paulson over to the monitor to have a look. And we all know what that means. We also know that you don't tend to get decisions against the big six. Call me a cynic um, or just call me a realist. It happens over and over again. It's tiresome in the extreme and I'm bored of talking about it really. However, we have to mention it because it happens again. This is clearly not a clear and obvious error by the referee. Why? Because they've spent three minutes looking at it, and they still then, the referee has to have a look at it as well. He takes less time than they did to decide, yeah, that's, that's a penalty. Why has he taken so much less time than they did? They took that long, three minutes, to decide that it needed looking at, and yet he's taken a lot less than that. That tells you, A, there isn't enough in it, it's not clear and obvious enough, 
and B, it tells you that he's under pressure to make that decision. The fact he's gone over, spent less time, changed his mind, tells you he, he has no stomach for it. it. It keeps happening. Sometimes it's correct that the referee goes over and realises a mistake. Fine. This isn't that mistake. This was not a clear and obvious error because it wasn't an error whatsoever. And yet the penalty is given. We know Sanchez, unfortunately for all his merits, is not great at saving penalties. I can barely remember him saving one, if at all. And when you're up against a predator such as Ivan Tony in on Friday last week, or in this case, of course, Erling Haaland, who's now on for his second um, un unentitled goal, in my opinion, he does, of course, bury it, and we're 2-0 down at half-time. And that is, as mentioned on the, on the uh, Match Day special part of the podcast with Alistair, that's game, that's game gone, basically, isn't it? Because you don't come back from 2-0 down against City. Well, actually, in fact, we did, didn't we, at uh, the Amex. And we've come back from 2-0 down against Liverpool as well. But the chances of that happening are very rare. And, of course, that wasn't the case. So, first half, I think we played well. And I don't think we deserve to be behind. Um, you can say City took their chances. Well, one of them was because he fouled the player out of the way in order to have a chance. The other one, there was a chance handed to them on the plate by an inaccurate decision by a disgraceful uh, VAR. And who was that VAR? You've guessed it, Lee Mason, the man who no longer can be a referee because he was so bad, particularly in that game against West Brom where we had the disallowed goal from the quick free kick, which I will never forgive him for because it was a disgraceful mistake on his part. He's not refereeing anymore. What's he doing? He's sitting on his fat ass in a room somewhere making bad decisions against the Albion. Thank you once again, Lee Mason. Thank you very much indeed. Anyway, that was the first half. And so to my analysis of the second half which was obviously more positive from an Albion point of view. We drew the half. Trossard scored our first goal for three games. Um, that's a positive. Um, he, by the way, is now up onto 24 goals, um, just two behind uh, the Premier League era record for Albion scorers, which is, of course, Glenn Murray. But at half-time, uh, there was a substitution. Now, um, it was an unchanged team for the Albion, so... Adam Lallana was therefore starting again, um, and as with the previous match against Nottingham Forest, he had to come off. He was never going to play the whole uh, whole match. He had a scheduled um, substitution on Tuesday night. I think it was a, around about the 60-65th minute mark. In this game, it was at half-time, and he was replaced by a certain Mr Tarek Lamptey. So this was clearly not just a, a scheduled change for Adam Lallana giving as much time as you can point of view. This was also a bit of a tactical switch as well. I think the notion was we needed to inject more pace to try and get around the back of City because all we'd managed to do in the first half really was to uh, uh, to stretch the play a little bit and get into some fairly deep positions within the City defence but not really penetrate them. So we were hoping, no doubt, to do that with Tarrant Lampley coming on at half-time. And this substitution did represent a change of format a little bit in general because Solly March was moved out to the left-hand side. So clearly he'd get more pace and width on the wings. Solly, who is left-footed, of course, uh, perfectly happy to play that side. He was playing down the left side, Lamptey down the right. And, um, yeah, I think it was a sensible idea to try something different. And, in fact, Solly March had a, uh, a sort of like a mini-break uh, down that left-hand side almost as soon as kick-off uh, had happened, literally within a few seconds. And so, seven minutes into the half, 
Uh, Man City have a break. Kevin De Bruyne uses his pace and power to get forward, breaks in, lays it off to Mares. Mares plays a pretty weak shot um, to uh, which Sanchez stops. There's a, a, a short interlude before the ball's cleared by Sanchez upfield. City give the ball away to Trossard, or he wins it back, I should say. Um, lays Solly March in on the left-hand side. Uh, he runs forward, cuts it back to Trossard on the edge of the area. The crowd urge him to shoot. I think it is the right decision to try and shoot, and it certainly proved to be because it was a cracking goal from the edge of the area with his right foot near post beating Edison. So a, a, a superb goal and um, Brighton are back in the game. Seven minutes into the half, 2-1. So seven minutes into the half, Kevin Lebrano, using his strength and pace, is running forward, breaks forwards, lays the ball off into a dangerous position for Mares. Mares shoots weakly from that inside right position with his left foot. Sanchez saves it. The ball is eventually cleared by Sanchez upfield, and City lose possession. Uh, it's intercepted by Trossard. He lays it off to March down that left wing. March advances a little bit, cuts it back inside to Trossard on the edge of the box, and Trossard blasts it. The power is what beats Edison at his near post. A cracking shot from the edge of the area. The Albion fans packed behind the goal, urging him to shoot. On this occasion, that was the correct call. Uh, regardless of whether it was uh, to go in or not, it was the best option at the time, and it proved to be very successful. Loads of Albion fans behind the goal wearing the, uh, well, it's kind of like a blood orange sort of coloured away kit, isn't it, we've got as our first choice away kit. Um, plenty of them wearing that in the away end, and plenty of people going mad, as Trossard did his usual binoculars celebration, and scored his sixth goal of the season, and his 24th Premier League goal for the club. Excellent work, and Brighton are back in the game. We're full of hope, and we've got our chance. Can we get back on terms from 2-0 down? Could we get at least our first point at the Etihad. We've never got anything there before, despite, in my, in my opinion, being unlucky to lose 1-0 on one occasion. But the reality is, no points ever gained at the Etihad. Could this be the, t could this be the day? It felt full of hope at that stage, 2-1. And City is certainly on the ropes. Mares fouls March almost straight after the goal, when March is in his attacking position down the left-hand side again, and that warrants the first card of the game. Twelve minutes in, and Albion are continuing to dominate the early part of the second half. Solly March is having an increasing threat and an increasing influence in the game. Um, some link-up play with Trossard going very well. Lamptey's looking decent on the other side as well. And there's a sweeping ball in the twelfth minute from one side to the other, from Solly to Lamptey. Lamptey puts in a really good cross. Uh, Trossard can't beat his man. He gets a touch on it and then bounces off the top of the shoulder of the Man City player. And obviously that's a goal kick, isn't it? Terrible decision again. But Albion's influence in the game is continuing to grow. Encouraging signs. In the 60th minute, uh, Pascal Gross gets a booking. Rather curious incident. Paulson lets the game flow after the foul, as he deems it. Um, and then the play goes on for a good few seconds before he blows up and then gives Pascal Gross a booking. A bit bizarre. Either you saw it or you didn't. What, what is there to think about, really? Uh, he's not thinking about a red card here. So what, what else is there to think about? It's, you just give the yellow or you don't straight away. Very odd. Again, uh, some weak-mindedness, I think, really, as, as was the case when he didn't stick to his guns on the uh, VAR decision for the penalty. 
Anyway, there was that. And then a moment later, on comes Phil Foden to try and make an influence on the game because Albion have had all of the second half at this stage. Solly March has continued to be a threat and an influence, and Caicedo is really coming into his own. Uh, one great bit of skill and some really good play in general. In the 65th minute, Joel Veltman had taken an injury and had to come off. Uh, Purvis Estupinian came on in his place. And a moment later, McAllister had a, a shot from range that sizzled over the bar. Uh, not quite down enough, but a decent effort. Um, he, we know he can score from that, from that position. Worth a pop. And so to, in its own right, a pretty meaningless incident in the game, but one to serve a point. 68th minute, a hopeful ball put forward by Man City. A foot race between Dunk and Haaland. Dunk is staying on top of it. Haaland is just on his shoulder. But he can't quite get there. He knows he's not going to get there. Very gently nudges him. And a free kick's awarded to Brighton. Correct decision, by the way. Um, but it's a pretty gentle nudge. Uh, how come Erling Haaland was allowed to score with something three or four times more forceful than that on Webster in the first half? Just goes to show how poor Paulson's decision-making was on that first goal. And also how poor VAR were, needless to say. Just making the point. Anyway, in the 70th minute, an excellent 16-pass move, building up from the back, a throw-in down our right-hand defensive channel. Uh, went back to Sanchez, passed around at the back, really quick zippy passing with purpose, working our way forward through the thirds, got into the attacking final third of the pitch, Lamptey lays it off, a beautiful chip ball forward, I think it's from Grosch, Back to Lamptey. Couldn't quite get his header far enough across Edison to where Albion's strikers were bearing in. Um, brilliant move, though. Encouraging signs. And Albion dominating the possession. And Michael Brown on CoComs for Sky was describing it as brilliant football, a joy to watch. And then a moment later, some really good defending from the Albion. A through ball from Foden. Uh, Holland running him round the back. Almost gets in. Webster's alert to it. Gets a little touch on it. Puts off his run. So he has to hold the ball up and try and get round Webster to get his shot off. He is able to get round but not get his shot on target. Webster's defending really good on that occasion. And from the resulting corner, because it was a corner, um, in came Laporte with a dangerous header just wide. But no sooner is that attack over than Albion got on the attack themselves. Trossard loses his man on the turn, somewhere near the halfway line, bursts all the way into the box and just on the edge of the Sitchard area with a possible option inside him of um, Danny Welbeck. He opts to shoot near post and it's saved by Edison. A purposeful run, a decent effort, couldn't quite make it. Perhaps the square ball may, may have resulted in a better opportunity for his teammate. And in fact, looking at the replay of that, Danny Welbeck certainly thought he should have squared it. He was fuming. And perhaps how costly that opportunity wasted was, because within a minute or two, City were back in possession in midfield with some typically good interplay, some good passing. Bernardo Silva goes along the left-hand side, gets just near the penalty area with four players around him and a couple of City players for company as well, but cuts the ball back with a very snappy pass back to the centre. His teammate Kevin De Bruyne receives the ball with one touch and then just plonks it right in the top corner with a sensational strike. Would that chance have happened if we'd have scored the goal? Who knows? Who knows? But it certainly did finish us off. 3-1 and game over. 
at least it was a good goal this time. At least it was a legitimate goal this time as well. Um, can't argue with that. Having said that, of course, if the correct decisions had been made in the first half, Trossard's goal would have put us 1-0 up in the match. And De Bruyne's wonder strike would, if it had still happened, um, have only been an equaliser. Um, but really, uh, it's, uh, it was the turn of the game there at that moment. It was about the 75th minute. And Albion's long wait to get a result at the Etihad was set to continue. And that was pretty much it for the game. Albion continued to press forwards, trying to carve open some openings. No real chances. There was a good one-two down the left uh, between Trossard and Estupinian, who managed to get a cross in by the byline. Came to nothing, though. Uh, we had a shot blocked and a couple of other things. The only other noticeable uh, note, uh, noted point, really, was Jeremy Sarmiento. Finally came on. Uh, he's been on the bench recently. He's finally got his first action of the new season and his first action since that unfortunate long-term injury at West Ham last season. Hopefully, uh, not, not much chance to shine. Undav came on again as well, not much chance to do anything. But hopefully we'll see a lot more of them, particularly Sarmiento, in the coming weeks. In the meantime, that's pretty much it. Um, man of the match, I'd, I'd give it to Solly March. I think he was involved heavily the whole way through the game. We had a lot of attacks on both sides, particularly uh, on the left side. I thought he was more effective. I'd like to see him more down that side if we're utilising him in the future. Really, I think he potentially has more effect down there. Um, when he's playing on the right side, he tends to cut in a lot. And, uh, you know, inverted wingers, it's got its purpose. But when you're already narrow... It, it doesn't help. Um, but I thought he had a really good game. Um, really a lot of purpose and a lot of... Uh, gave him a lot of things to think about City. Kept them busy all the time. Um, Caicedo had a good game as well. And Callister not bad. Midfield in general was good. And defence was solid. I don't think there's much they could have done about the goals. Um, one of them should, was a foul. Another one was a penalty, uh, which shouldn't have been a penalty anyway. And the other one was a wonder strike. So no real issues with, with the team. I think they deserve more. I actually think they deserve the draw from the game, actually. Um, but not to be, and we move on to the next game. So thank you again to Alistair and co for doing the match day special stuff. Uh, I've just summed up now, and we'll sign out. Until next time, stand or fall, up the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.